what is this right now? Is this a bonus episode of the Neurodivergent Nurse? If that is what you're asking right now, the correct answer is yes. Yes, it is a bonus episode. This is not going to take the place of a regularly scheduled episode, which next week there's going to be a really great one with one of my favorite guests so far, Paul, who is a stylist. And oh my gosh, I learned so much from him during that conversation. But hold your horses. We're going to get to that next week. Okay. More exciting news, more than just a bonus episode of The Neurodivergent Nurse. I have decided to take a trip with the followers of The Neurodivergent Nurse. Yeah, that includes you. What I need from you though, for us to make this happen sometime next year, it's go to the survey that's in the show notes. If you have a hard time accessing it from that, you can get the link to the survey anywhere. It takes probably less than one minute, honestly. I looked at and filled it out, but I need to know where you would want to go. If there's a possibility that you may go, the slightest possibility, go ahead and fill out because you are the ones who are going to decide where our trip is going to be next year. We're going to do excursions. We're going to do free ADHD workshops, and we're going to get to hang out, eat some good food, have some great drinks, and just get to know each other while doing really, really fun things that will be perfect for our ADHD. So again, go to the show notes, click on the link, take the 30 seconds, actually pause this podcast right now and go ahead and do that. And then come back because this is very important topic, but I can't wait to see you next year. Now let's get back to the important part of the podcast. For this bonus episode, it has certainly been inspired over the past couple weeks and especially a couple nights ago. And I thought it would probably be a good thing for other people with ADHD to hear how to deal with it. As it turns out, there's a lot of us with ADHD that experiences this regularly. Actually, our content for today is Merriam-Webster's Dictionary's Word of the Year, and that is gaslighting. I remember several years ago when somebody mentioned it to me for the first time, the first time I ever heard it, I was so confused when they were talking about someone being a gaslighter. You may have never heard the word either. It comes from the title of a 1938 play where the plot involves a man attempting his wife to go insane. He starts doing things like the lights to dim, but he tells his wife that the lights are not dimming and she can't trust her own perceptions. So we get this word as a type of psychological deception, very similar to that movie. And they actually describe it as psychological manipulation of a person, usually over an extended period of time, that causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, perception of reality or memories. It typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence and self-esteem and uncertainty of one's emotional or mental stability and dependency on that person who is doing it. But in recent years, the meaning of gaslighting also refers to something a lot more simple and a lot more broad. It's the act or practice of grossly misleading someone, especially for a personal advantage. The reality of it is, This is a form of psychological or emotional abuse. And emotional abuse, just like physical abuse, it is so absolutely horrible. So many of us with ADHD second-guess ourselves anyways, or we feel like we're not enough, or we may feel like, did we really say that or 
did we not say that? And you get confused because our memories seem kind of blurred and skewed sometimes. And that's just our baseline. So one of the best defenses we have against gaslighting is to educate ourselves about this type of emotional abuse. Adults with ADHD may be even more vulnerable to gaslighting because just like I said, we already have issues with self-esteem. We also have difficulty with past relationships, feelings of guilt and shame. Gaslighters will sometimes hide their partner's belongings and blame their partners for being irresponsible, lazy, or, you know, so ADHD when they can't find the items. A gaslighter may also tell their partner that they don't need to take medication for ADHD because I know you better than some doctor does. And here are a couple more behaviors of gaslighting, just so that you could be absolutely sure of what we're talking about. Some of those actions include telling you that you didn't see or hear something, saying that other people think that you are crazy, pitting other people against you, which is also known as triangulating, building you up like you are absolutely wonderful, and then completely knocking you down. Here's a great example as of recent. Trying to make you feel guilty of how you go through things and how you process things. And if you're anything like me, when something goes wrong, your brain leaps to your defense, analyzing mistakes, seeking a place to blame. And in an intense and confusing emotional situation, your brain fills in the missing pieces so that the full narrative makes sense while you search for more evidence. The truth is then argued and reinforced through rumination. More times than not, the analysis becomes the story. So this is the perfect storm for gaslighting. Gaslighters tend to sense vulnerabilities in a person. They specifically target people who are grieving a loss or who feel inadequate or isolated. If you have ADHD, you probably grew up with the feeling that you were less than everybody else. And in some ways, in all ways, you may have had difficulties maintaining friendships or relationships. You may have been dismissed by others because they said that you were difficult. When you meet a gaslighter for the first time, he, she, they, they'll do something called love bombing. They will tell you everything that you have wanted to hear from someone, especially after a lifetime of rejection. The purpose of the behavior is to hook you. Once you're committed to the relationship, the gaslighter begins abusive behavior. Early on, the gaslighter asks you about your fears and inadequacies. It feels good to have someone listening to you and caring about what you actually have to say. However, the gaslighter is actually gathering data to be used as ammunition against you later. Then something plays out like an accusation over a questionable event becomes fact through the other person's consistent, often dramatic, emotional pressure that you hurt them. They then blow the event out of proportion to the point that the hurt that you've allegedly caused becomes focal and fundamental to the nature of your relationship. This gets you backpedaling, which offers the gaslight constant leverage. It doesn't matter what good you do, and it doesn't matter what bad they've done. You are unworthy of their love and kindness. In spite of your heinous crime, they're doing their best to forgive you. You feel that you are indebted, so you do whatever they want you to do to resolve the issue. But it's never enough. You start to see yourself as a fundamentally demonic person and a failure, even though you did everything you thought was right, which makes you question that too. Instead of being rightfully angry, you look to the gaslighter to tell you the truth because you no longer trust yourself and you don't understand why they would manipulate you. 
then you realize that you are right. You hate yourself for being manipulated and you feel humiliated and weak. It's a form of conditioning that makes you constantly on edge about every tiny mistake you make. It happens when you're put on performance improvement plan at work too, constantly working harder to appease people who are only keeping you there while they find someone to replace you. You may eventually hear, no wonder your sister doesn't talk to you anymore. She knows you're crazy too. If you leave the relationship, the gaslighter will hover. They will draw you back. They'll send you messages through friends and families that they miss you. They'll promise you the world, but will never apologize. They don't think they did anything wrong. The threat of losing their ability to manipulate you motivates a gaslighter to get you back in their clutches. But once you return, everything promised to you disappears and your relationship becomes more abusive than before. Now, what do we do to get out of the clutches? of people who are gaslighting you. We're gonna start off by talking about if it's in a relationship. So for most people, leaving a gaslighting relationship means that they absolutely have no contact at all. That means that you need to block phone numbers, you need to block email addresses, tell your friends and family that you will not listen to any messages sent through them. And you should also meet with a licensed mental health professional. Because having ADHD makes you so vulnerable to anxiety and mood disorders. Make sure you set up and you follow through with ADHD treatment plan and you reestablish your connections with the healthy people in your life. The hard thing comes if you have children with a gaslighter. You want to make sure that you meet with an attorney so that you can establish a detailed parenting plan. Now, what if you experience gaslighting at the workplace? Sometimes bosses and coworkers take advantage of the fact that someone has ADHD. They'll accuse you of being forgetful or not caring about your work. Ask your boss or coworker to send you an email with instructions or details of an assignment. If you complete the assignment and you're told later that you didn't do what was asked, refer to that email instead of blaming yourself. Also, Get familiar and get to know the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission's definition of workplace harassment. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. I was certainly a person for years that was easily manipulated. And as I said earlier, so much self-doubt was there. Now it is much harder for someone to gaslight me. But I do remember those times where internally I just couldn't hold things in. Even the rage or flashing motions that would come from it are just always being on edge to such a severe point. I've mentioned this before for other reasons, but I want to recommend to you to write down a list of great and positive attributes about yourself. I want you to write down if you are great at planting a garden or that you are kind, that you're thoughtful, that you are empathetic or compassionate towards other people, sit down and just start making a list. Try to add to it every couple of days or shoot every day. Because when you start going through that type of manipulation, it is so easy for us to forget who we really are. When people create their own version of you and you start seeing yourself through their eyes, It's very easy to forget the truth. And if you have that list written down in a notebook, if you have pages of it, hopefully written down in a notebook, 
when you hear those things, go back and look. Not saying that we don't all need improvement. This is such a completely opposite conversation because you forget who you really are and the good you really do. Make that list. Refer to it in those situations if it's not a situation that you feel comfortable leaving so that you don't forget who you are at the core and that you are good and you have faults and that's okay. I hope today's episode really helped you out. If nothing else helped you understand what the definition of the year is. So that way, if you don't experience it, you can recognize other people who are experiencing it. Go ahead and send them the episode of this podcast if you know someone who may be going through the same thing right now. Also, don't forget, go click on that link and take the survey so that we can go on a trip together next year. Let me know where your ADHD brain would love to go with me. I hope you have a great rest of your week. I hope December is treating you well so far. And I hope that it's a really wonderful month for you. And I hope you know that I can't wait to talk to you again. <laughs>